Good morning, Redeemer. My name is Morgan Renew. I'm a pastor at Redeemer Church of Dubai. And it's a joy today to finish off our series in the book of Acts. And Acts has been amazing. We've seen that the Lord Jesus Christ is still at work. He continues to do and to teach. And we've seen that he does that through his people by his spirit. It's a huge privilege that our God worked through his people, even weak people like us. Uh, we don't feel like we're anything special. Uh, we feel like we don't have the answers. We don't have the ability to convince anyone of anything. Uh, yet we've seen that Jesus is at work and by his spirit, he uses ordinary people uh, by his power uh, to share the good news of what he has done, who he is. It's been an encouragement for me. I hope it's been an encouragement for you. Uh, but if we're honest, I think that's, we would say that sometimes these things feel real, these things feel exciting, yet at other times these things feel really hard. So we might have heard a stirring sermon or heard an a, a amazing testimony or been with some, some friends uh, sharing the things of God. And, and at that time, nothing feels truer than Jesus is Lord. Uh, we are his witnesses. Uh, it's so clear that what my friends, my neighbours, my colleagues need is to, to not hear of Jesus. It's so clear that I should be speaking of him. Uh, yet sometimes we can get weary. Uh, we can, these things feel hard. And that can happen through rejection and through restrictions. It can happen through rejection as we're excited and we share with people, even people we love about Jesus. But rejection can come when we talk to someone about Jesus and they don't want to know or when we try to share uh, something with our family and it seems to cause divisions in the family, we can be discouraged. Uh, we can wonder sort of what to do next if we've tried and, and we've been rejected. But it can also happen through restrictions. Or we can long to share the gospel but might feel like we're restricted. It could be our own health uh, that, that doesn't allow us to, to share as we would like. Uh, it could be just our time and that we're, we're caught up with work or caught up with other family commitments that we don't have the time we would like to, to share with others. In this time of COVID, there have been many restrictions uh, that make it feel very hard to, to share with others. We can't invite someone. We can't pick someone up and bring them to, to church with us on a Friday like normal. Uh, we, we can't be out there meeting other families at school or, or maybe at work and feel like there's lots of things restricting us in our circumstances uh, from living as his witnesses. Yet as we come to the end of the book of Acts, uh, the final section of the book of Acts, uh, this will speak both to our rejection, uh, but also to restrictions. And we'll be encouraged to see that the gospel is for all nations and no circumstance can hinder this. First, we'll see that Jesus' word is a global word. <clears throat> and we see that from verse 11 to 16. Now, firstly, um, there is some, sometimes uh, we say a company goes global. 
And you really know a company has gone global when it's got kind of offices in the right places. So a company might start in part of Dubai, serving kind of that region, kind of northern Dubai, and it might grow and serve all the citizens of Dubai and maybe start serving other Emirates as well. But you know that a, a company has gone global when it's got offices in the right places. And we used to say, oh, it's when you've got an office in London, an office in New York, where now it's more, it's uh, the office in Dubai, the office, uh, office in, in Mumbai, the, uh, <clears throat> the office in, in Lagos. Uh, but when you get to certain places, your company has grown that big, you know you've truly gone global. You're no longer just a company for uh, one group of people or one city, but for the world. And in Acts, we were told that this gospel was for all nations. It was to go from Jerusalem to Judea, Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. And obviously in the book of Acts, well, it doesn't reach all nations. It doesn't reach every people. Yet what we see at the end of the book of Acts is that the gospel, God's word, has gone global because it reaches Rome. Verse 11 of chapter 28 tells us that after three months... Uh, We, because uh, Luke, the writer of of Acts, he was there traveling with them. Uh, We set sail in a ship that had wintered in the island, um, a ship of Alexandria with the twin gods as a figurehead. Putting in at Syracuse, we stayed there for three days. And from there, we made a circuit and arrived at Regium. Um, And after one day, a south wind sprang up. And on the second day, we came to Puteoli. There we found brothers and were invited to stay with them for seven days. And so we came to Rome. And the brothers there, when they heard about us, came as far as the Forum of Appius and three taverns to meet us. On seeing them, Paul thanked God and took courage. And when we came into Rome, Paul was allowed to stay by himself with the soldier who guarded him. So Paul has been traveling for much of the book of Acts. He'd been told that he was coming to Rome. Uh, He'd been arrested and he'd appealed. He'd been sent from ruler to ruler. He'd been shipwrecked. Yet finally, the end of Acts, they get to Rome. And this is significant because Rome was the center of the Roman Empire, with the center of the known world. All the trading routes came to and went out from Rome. So if the message of Jesus, the gospel was going to go global, Well, now it was in Rome, it was poised to go to the rest of the world. And we know from history that that's what it did. Uh, As the gospel came to Rome and it's gone global, this shows that this gospel isn't just for one nation or for a small group of people, uh, for one region. Uh, This is the gospel, the news of our saving Lord Jesus uh, that goes to all nations. Uh, But also notice here that as they finally arrive in Rome, uh, that it's God who's brought them. I think it's ironic that they tell us in verse 11 that they arrive on a boat with the twin gods as a figurehead. And and these two gods, Castor and Pollux, they were supposed to be uh, the twin sons of the god Zeus. And they were meant to be gods that protected sailors. Uh, So if you got safely through a... Um, a a sailing journey, Uh, it was because these gods had protected you. They'd got you there. And they were reminded that the the figurehead of this ship was these twin gods. 
Yet as Paul arrives in Rome, we know that it's not Pastor and Pollux, uh, Castor and Pollux that have got them there safely. Uh, it's God himself who has delivered Paul, uh, who has delivered them, who has brought them to Rome. Uh, though there's been politics involved and Paul's been handed off uh, from uh, one Roman ruler to another, uh, it's God who's brought him there. In Acts chapter 23, verse 11, we're told the Lord stood by Paul and said, Take courage, for as you have testified to the facts about me in Jerusalem, so you must testify also in Rome. Must have felt like he wasn't going to get there during the shipwreck, uh, during being thrown around between different rulers. Uh, yet God had promised and God kept his word uh, that Paul made it to Rome and was able to testify uh, to God there. God's word has gone global. And we see secondly that, well, Jesus' word is a word for all nations. And we see that sadly in the context of rejection. Uh, as I said, uh, rejection could be something that makes sharing the gospel so hard. We, we know such joy, such freedom. It makes such sense to us. And we, we meet Jesus. We want to share it with others. Yet when we're rejected, we can wonder what to do, uh, where to go next. And yet this part, I think, speaks to us uh, in that rejection. Uh, here, Paul uh, is really defending the gospel. He's defending partly his ministry, but really he's not worried about himself or what people think about him. He's defending his ministry. And we see it in verse 17 to 28. Uh, we're told in verse 17 that after three days, he called together the local leaders of the Jews. And when they gathered, he said to them, Brother, though I've done nothing against our people or the customs of our fathers, yet I was delivered as a prisoner from Jerusalem into the hands of the Romans. And when they'd examined me, they wished to set me at liberty because there was no reason for any death penalty in my case. But because the Jews objected, I was compelled to appeal to Caesar though I had no charge to bring against my nation. For this reason, therefore, I've asked to see you and speak with you, since it's because of the hope of Israel that I am wearing this chain. Paul uh, knows that the, though the gospel is going to the nations, it came firstly from the Jewish people. Jesus himself came from this people and he wanted to take the gospel firstly to this people. This was their savior, their Messiah. And here Paul is, is stressing that he is doing nothing contrary to the hope of Israel. Everything in, in their faith, everything in the Old Testament uh, was looking forward to Jesus. Uh, so Paul is not trying to pull away from, from them. Uh, Paul is not trying to marginalize them and saying it's not for, salvation is not for them anymore. Paul is trying to say that while the gospel has gone global, Ah, this is still your Messiah, Jesus. This is still the hope of Israel that I'm speaking of, the resurrection. Uh, Paul is pleading uh, that all people from all nations, uh, that first nation and all others, uh, would know Jesus. Uh, he, said, he continues uh, in verse 21. Um, they said to him, we've received no letters from Judea about you, and none of the brothers coming here has reported or spoken any evil about you. But we desire to hear from you what your views are, for with regard to this sect, we know that everywhere it's spoken against. 
When they'd appointed a day for him, they came to him at his lodging in great numbers. And from morning till evening, he expounded to them, testifying to the kingdom of God and trying to convince them about Jesus, both from the law of Moses and from the prophets. And some were convinced by what he said, but others disbelieved. Now, some were convinced. Some did see our Messiah has arrived. The hope of Israel is here and they accepted it. Yet sadly, and much to to Paul's pain and disappointment, many rejected it. And what does he do in the face of this rejection? I don't think he's necessarily a model for us here at this point. Uh, But we do see uh, that God's purposes are bigger than rejection. As Paul is is rejected, as the gospel is is rejected, uh, Paul says that this is what was promised. And he quotes that quote from Isaiah. And that quote from Isaiah shows that there would be rejection, uh, that the gospel would be rejected, yet this was a part of God's plan. Because as Jesus was rejected by his own people, well, that's when he went to his death. Uh, That's when he actually won the salvation for his people and all nations. It's as God's people were rejected in Rome at the beginning of Acts that they moved out from just meeting together to they were rejected and scattered. And that's where the gospel and the church really started to grow and spread. Jesus has plans even bigger than rejection. And here um, in verse 28, um, after he's reflected, grieved by the rejection of Jesus by his own people, he says in verse 28, Therefore let it be known to you that this salvation of God has been sent to the Gentiles and they will listen. There is our hope that the word of God promises that the the salvation has been sent to the Gentiles and they will listen. uh, God spoke to Paul then, uh, telling him that this rejection was a part of God's purposes, uh, that the gospel could go to all nations. And while we aren't the apostle, uh, still when we experience rejection, uh, this is something we can learn from. Uh, Because we know that while we might see rejection in front of us, we don't know the story that that God is painting. Uh, We we keep speaking. We keep praying. We trust that once, even if someone is rejected once, they won't reject forever. We pray that we might speak or someone else would speak and God would work in that friend, that colleague, that loved one of ours. Uh, Their story isn't over. Yet we also know that God is working. And if we might be rejected uh, in our family, we might be rejected or we might see uh, one, one nation or one people who seem to be rejecting the gospel. Uh, we trust God's word that the Gentiles will listen. It's easy to shrink our horizon to kind of what seems to be working. Uh, What should we expect God will do with his kingdom? We look at ourselves and think, oh, well, we can do this or maybe this. And we look at how people are responding and say, oh, well, it doesn't look like anyone's interested here or these people are angry and opposed. 
Yet our, our hope shouldn't rest on ourselves or on other people, but in God and his word. God promises that the Gentiles will listen. God's word tells us that on that final day, Revelation 7, on that final day around the throne, worshipping Jesus will be people from every tribe, language, people and nation. So when you face rejection, even if it's painful, a friend, uh, a family member, uh, someone you know and love, a people who you've been pouring into, keep going. Trust that God's purposes are bigger than this rejection on this day because they are. And he promised that there will be people there on that final day from every tribe, every language, every people and every nation. Because the gospel is for all. And he uses even rejection uh, to send the gospel to all. Jesus' word is for all nations. Uh, but finally, we see that Jesus' word is unstoppable. Uh, it finishes the whole book of Acts with these two verses in verse 30 and 31. Paul lived there two whole years at his own expense and welcomed all who came to him, proclaiming the kingdom of God and teaching about the Lord Jesus Christ with all boldness and without hindrance. Now, there's a common theme throughout this whole chapter, and that's the change that Paul is in. Uh, as Paul arrived, uh, we were told that uh, in verse 16, they, they arrived in Rome and Paul was allowed to stay by himself, but with the soldier who guarded him. Paul had got to Rome, yet he was restricted. He was under house arrest. As uh, Paul spoke, uh, yeah, as this chapter continued, uh, we told that uh, in verse 20, 20 he, he's, he said, it's because of the hope of Israel that I'm wearing this chain. Even as Paul has arrived in Rome and is proclaiming the gospel, uh, its messenger, its main messenger, Paul, is in chains. Uh, where even as the many come to him in verse 23, many come to him at his lodging to hear from him. That's because he can't go out. They've got to come to him because he's under house arrest. And again, in verse 30, uh, Paul remained there in chains. Yet this passage shows us that God's word is not chained uh, because uh, the gospel has gone global. It's reached Rome and it is going out with all boldness and without hindrance. We're told here that Paul in verse 31 is proclaiming the kingdom of God and teaching about the Lord Jesus Christ. And that's actually how Acts began. In Acts chapter 1, Acts chapter 1, it began like this. In the first book, O Theophilus, I've dealt with all that Jesus began to do and teach until the day when he was taken up after he'd given command through the Holy Spirit to the apostles whom he had chosen. He presented himself alive to them after his suffering by many proofs, appearing to them during 40 days and speaking about the kingdom of God. Right from the beginning, we were told that Jesus is continuing to do and teach from heaven through his church. And now as the resurrected Jesus, as he taught about the kingdom of God, uh, now we see that the, the kingdom has reached Rome, uh, ready to go to the, the nations. Uh, and well, Paul is teaching the kingdom of God. 
Uh, Jesus' work is continuing. Um, yet uh, Jesus uh, is continuing to work uh, despite his, his, uh, his apostle being in chains. We might feel like we're restricted. Uh, we might feel like uh, we, we've got limitations that mean the gospel can't keep going out. Uh, yet here we see that let the word of God that is continuing and increasing. It's not about the Apostle Paul. It's not about um, his followers. It's about Jesus. He will build his church. The very final words of Acts uh, tell us that the gospel is going out with all boldness and without hindrance. And you can see lots of things that are, are hindered. Paul is, Paul is in chains. Paul's not able to leave his house. Yet that doesn't hinder the gospel. I love that this passage doesn't tell us what happened to Paul next. Uh, was Paul released? Did he get out? That's because it doesn't really matter so much. History tells us that Paul was released and travelled for another couple of years before he was uh, then sort of arrested and put to death. Uh, yet right here, uh, we're told that the gospel had reached Rome. The gospel had gone global and it was going out without hindrance. Even in the time that Paul was here uh, in house arrest, we think that's when he, he wrote several of his letters. Uh, he wrote probably Colossians, Ephesians, perhaps Philippians uh, during this imprisonment uh, while, the word, while the word and the spread of the gospel looked chained. Yet this should encourage us either because it's not about us. It's not about our power. It's not about our eloquence. It's not about our wisdom to answer questions. The risen Lord Jesus is continuing to work and teach. He is building his church. So while we may be restricted, whether it's by health or circumstances, I know so many of you are um, you're just caught up in trying to provide for yourself on reduced pay or, or having lost a job. Uh, you might be caught up by circumstances, yet we know that God's word is not chained. It's been hard not meeting face to face. Uh, it's been hard uh, to think about how we can continue to be ambitious for the gospel. Uh, it's not the same, is it? Kind of uh, sending a, a YouTube link to a friend, though God has been using that powerfully. We want to be able to pick our friends up and bring them with us to church. Uh, we, we want to continue to send out churches to be a part of what God is doing in other nations. Yet, yet that's made hard when we can't travel. Yet despite these limitations, despite these restrictions, Acts finishes with the word of God going out with all boldness and without hindrance. Because Jesus is building his church. The gates of hell will not prevail against it. Brothers and sisters, let's continue to look to God. Let's continue to live as his witnesses. Let's set our expectations, not by ourselves or what we see in others. Let's look to God's word. God's word that promises that on the final day, there will be people with us around the throne of Jesus from every tribe, every people, every language, every tongue. Hallelujah. Amen.